We are back with the Falcons Audible presented by AT&T. Your usual suspects are back here in the house. I'm Derek Rackley. That's Dave Archer and DJ Shockley here to talk a little bit more Falcons, a little bit more post preseason week two action as the Falcons uh, just finished up their matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. Here's what we are going to talk about throughout the course of this podcast, what stood out to us in that matchup, how this offense is evolving a little bit right now, and maybe how we see it evolving once we get to the season opener against the Panthers, what to expect against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the final preseason matchup of the season. And then of course, the kind of dreaded spot of preseason is roster cutdowns for Mm. a lot of people. There's probably 22 guys that have a pretty good idea that they're gonna be here. There's a lot of other guys that are hoping, and of course this last preseason game is their last statement to be able to make to the head coach and to the personnel department that they should be a member of this team. So let's get right into it. Arch, I got DJ, I got two guys that are calling the game on two different mediums, uh, on radio and on television. So we've got experts in the house to talk about this. Arch, let me start with you. What did you, like in the game what were the positives that came out of the game that was productive for the falcons to get on tape for them to get the reps of that really stuck out to you well certainly the first units getting a chance to play for the first time in preseason was a big deal right so we got to see desmond ritter on the field i think the things that came out of it obviously the penalties you got to eliminate the pre-snap stuff is stuff that has to be uh, eliminated um the holding calls and things of that nature are going to happen throughout a season. Now, Chris Lindstrom got called for holding twice. He had one holding call all of last year. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I thought the officiating crew was drunk as far as that goes. When it came <laughs> to that. So uh, I didn't agree with those kind of things and some of the, some of the things, and I think he might've gotten called accidentally and it should have been somebody else, but uh, for him to have two holding calls in the same drive is just astronomically against the rule, against the probability, the rules of probability. Yeah. So, um, but a penalty, penalties that notwithstanding, you got a lot of people involved in the opening drive. You overcame two major penalties, which is really difficult to do in a drive. I thought Des kept his poise amongst some of the adversity faced in that opening drive because of the penalties, some of the setbacks that pushed him back against the chains a little bit. He overcame those. He made several key throws, different kinds of throws, bootleg throws, guy in his face, um, three count screen, guy in his face falling away. Uh, high point throw for Drake Lund along the sideline. Uh, pinpoint accuracy inside to Scotty Miller coming across the middle. Um, he made every kind of – and his presence in the pocket to be able to move around, stay alive. Yeah. If Zach Taylor throws the challenge flag a second later – Half a second. Dijon Robinson's <laughs> in for a touchdown. Yeah. Dijon's in for a touchdown. So, um, I thought the drive was really good. And I thought that right I thought got their feet wet right. You got uh, – you know, Bergeron get his first opportunity to kind of be in there with those other guys. He got some additional play. Um, so I was pleased with that. I thought the, the defense operated decently. I think that they probably would have liked and gotten a, a little bit faster start, maybe not getting up as many yards. Yeah. But still, you got the guys on the field. Um, and I thought that was the key to the really the whole thing. Yeah, going back to the offense, DJ, I think Dave kind of hit all the things. But what, what stuck out to me was you saw whether it was intentionally or not, Desmond really spreading the football around and basically all the playmakers that were brought in or have been here on this offense got a chance to touch the football. I mean, I really feel like you guys got cameras in my house or something because these are the exact notes that I wrote. I don't know if we were wired the same or what, but you guys are saying the exact things that I just wrote down. 
uh, for well, what I like. But I, I think that's number one is the distribution that you saw. And I think we came into this season and we talked about it for the last couple of weeks, all the different guys that are around Dez, all the different guys that can help him become a better player here in year two. And on that one drive, we saw all that. And I think even in an instance where Arthur's not going to show everything, he's going to show all the different formations, he's not going to show how he's going to get this guy the ball or how to isolate guys, they still were able to find different guys to get the rock to. And it's not like Dez came out and said, all right, we got our new toy out here. Let's try to get Bijan the ball. Or, you know, let's try to give Drake a ball. Let's get Kyle the ball because we don't know how long he's going to play. It was wherever the ball took me, mm-hmm. wherever the coverage took me. And yeah. I love that part of the game was it didn't seem forced. I thought he was very concise. I thought he made really great decisions. And I thought he was confident throwing. Like, every throw he made, it was the throw he wanted to make. It wasn't like, oh, I'm, you know, waiting on something to open up or uh, I'm waiting on this guy to get open. It was this is where it took me. And I was open. I also thought, um, going a little bit further, what I liked most about this game was the way the guys finished. Mm-hmm. This was a, a 50 seconds to go in the game. Logan Woodside, we talked so great about what he did in Miami. And here's another opportunity for him to go down and kind of solidify himself as, hey, I'm a guy that needs to be here. And 50 seconds to go, I mean, first, you know, hits a nice end cut on the end of go route, and then comes back and throws a, a dime down the scene to Fitzpatrick you know, checks it down and gives his team a chance to go and get points. And I think that spoke volumes of Woodside and what he was able to do and everybody in that in that situational part of the game. And we talk about so much about how the players have a big impact in the preseason and how they're trying to find two things. How about Arthur Smith in midseason form already saying, hey, all right, they go down to score. He's calling timeouts. He's thinking about what he can do next. This is – a time yeah. for them to work on things that they're going to do in the season as well. So he called that key timeout to give his team, you know, time to go on that last drive. So it was, a, I thought, a total team effort from the coaches to the players and the way they finished that ball game. And then Koo responding after missing two yeah, in Miami point, yeah. and then yeah. coming out and, you know, knocking one through in a pressure situation. Arthur Smith stayed out of the game. Hey, all these things matter. Mm-hmm. This was a pressure situation for everybody involved and a pressure situation for Koo. And you say, oh, do these preseason games matter? That was a big-time pressure situation. If you were in that Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you could hear and feel the emotion there yeah. as they're driving down, about to go get this kick, and as Ku's about to go through it, and everybody was completely excited. I mean, that's what it's about. Those are the moments you can't really get out here at Flyer Branch in practice. So to get that in a game, I think, spoke volumes. Yeah, the ancillary piece of that rack and shock are the individual moments Kyle Pitts back on the field. Remember Kyle, last time he played on that field, he blew his knee. Mm-hmm. So he's And he has to make a spinning one-handed catch on a ball that gets tipped at the line of scrimmage yeah. as Dez is trying to get it to him on the screen he's, or on the, on the bootleg. He spins and makes the grab. So what bigger test could you have yeah. than, other, than a guy chopping your legs out from him and you have to spin on, on the AstroTurf or that, that thin synthetic turf to make a play? Matthew Bergeron getting a chance to get in a game, in a game situation. Now, the offensive line has that kind of that thought. You were talking about practice. There's only so much you can do in practice. You're not yeah. blowing guys off the ball or naked guys to the ground. And he got a chance to feel that. Um, Bijan Robinson getting in the game, his first carry, and what he did and just give you a taste of what the guy can right. do to find that inside <laughs> crease and then completely make a guy whiff that's unblocked coming inside a little move to get you 12, just give you a little taste, kind of give you a little scoop of ice mm-hmm. cream right there to get to feel what, what Bajan was going to be. 
And then how about Calais Campbell, who really hasn't been a part of, of camp much? Who are you going to block one-on-one? That's going to be, I mean, Right. You, got, you look at the end zone copy. <laughs> David Onyemata and, and Grady Jarrett are eating up two guys yeah. each on the inside. And here comes this gigantic human off the edge. <laughs> right. And here comes Caden Ellis inside who's unblocked in the A-gap. That looked pretty good, too. So some individual stuff within the team concept of getting your feet wet and performing at a high level in that one moment you got. Pretty yeah, cool. I just wanted to comment on a couple of things. You mentioned Calais Campbell. What I thought was cool, and us three being there in the stadium when when you probably can't see it if you're not there because it was stuff that was happening before they were back on live, was the very first defensive snap. Calais Campbell is in everybody's face. He's got his helmet off, and he's already assumed that leadership position. Mm-hmm. Like, he was basically telling the defense from the very first play, like, this is how we are going to play. It's not like he needed a game or a preseason or two or three regular season games to find his role on this team. He came in and knew exactly what his role was on this team is not only am I going to produce, but I'm going to be one of the leaders from the jump. I love to see him kind of set the tone early on for the defense. And then Dave, you talked about Bijan. It was great because that one run, as you mentioned, showed everything. it showed everything. It showed footwork. It showed patience. It showed vision yeah. and it showed burst. Right, like all of and those power things at the end of, happen power at the in end, a matter yeah. of what four seconds, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it was great that, to see the that, glimpse right? yeah. of what they have on their hands, and they get the football uh, to be John Robinson moving forward. So we were all excited to see the starters. I think we did a pretty good job of kind of summarizing how all that did. Yeah. Let's take a look at the next step of this offense, Arch, because okay, all things being considered, it's not going to be this week against Pittsburgh, but. It's hard not to think about the possibilities of how this offense is going to evolve when you get a chance to see them on the field like we did last week. Where do you think this offense goes next with all of these different playmakers that they have? Well, certainly we're not going to see any more uh, ingenuity when it comes to what the offense is going to look like, not in the preseason. Right, right. So we're going to get a ramp up. Whether the guys play this week or not, Arthur said he was going to probably feel that out yesterday and today as to what he felt like he still needed to see from maybe the frontline guys that are yeah. going to play. And then it's going to be a bulk of the of the younger guys. We talked about this last week. Every coach in the National Football League is trying to get to week one with their guys. Yes. You don't want guys going down. And so, but there probably is still somebody that needs to get a little bit more seasoning, whether it's Matthew Bergeron, mm-hmm. whether it's some of the some of the receivers that are going to be part of this team. You know. Yeah, you, you need a little more marination. Yeah. I would marinate them a little bit more. <laughs> juice so, a little so, bit. so I would I would assume that you're going to see some. I, I, I don't know that you need to see Grady Jarrett again. Yep. I don't think David Onyemata necessarily be, needs to be on the field. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be select guys that maybe not part of those first units that hit the field. And you may see some starters still on the field. That offensive line, they may not, if Dez is out there, yeah. But yep. if, if Dez isn't out there, I'm not sure you've seen the starting offensive line. So don't get disappointed against the Steelers if you don't get a chance to see the regulars. Have an idea of that's why he's trying to get to that first game with his guys in hand. But when we get to the first game, you talk about stuff that he's been in the laboratory with the coat on. He's been mixing <laughs> bottles back and forth. Bijan and Janu. We got a little pits in London here. Yep. He's mixing yep. stuff up. Yeah, it is going to be a an, an unbelievable thing to see because I think – you're going to get to see a lot of it in that opening drive offensively. There'll be probably four or five different formations that Carolina's yeah. never seen before. Yeah. And they're going to do the same thing. That's sure. the beauty early on. 
but yeah, we're, this will be a little bit more guarded. We won't see an evolution of the offense until we get to week one. And DJ, even last week against Cincinnati, you started to see a little bit of the shifts and motions that they can bring and moving these guys around, right? Start two tight ends on one side, move them to the left, then take a back, bring them out to the right, put them in the slot, right? So you think about, and then let's just say a guy like Scotty Miller makes the roster, and then you put him in the slot and you use him to shake people, to get past the defense, to open up windows in the passing lane. Think about a Scotty Miller lined up in the slot to clear down the middle lane, mm -hmm. and you get Drake London coming in that 15-yard dig across the middle, right? Yeah. So all of these different options you kind of have at your discretion if you're mm -hmm. if you're Arthur Smith saying, yeah, not going to show it against Pittsburgh, but come Carolina, like, it's time to bring it out. And that's the evolution of this offense. That's where this offense will go is the fact you can transform into so many different things. That's going to give defensive coordinators all week to have to prepare for. And then you get in the game, and those guys are not going to be where they are. And I, I, we've said it every freaking week about positionless football on this team. And I know Arthur likes it sometimes. He doesn't like to use the word. But the fact that you can call into a ball game and say, okay, this guy is not going to always be the Y. Pitts is not going to always line up, you know, right off the tackle. Sometimes he's going to be out wide. And I think the fact that you can interchange all these guys and they can play multiple positions within this offense gives you such an advantage. And the advantage goes to number nine. If you have an advantage pre-snap, Arch, Arch knows as good as anybody, pre-snap, understanding where your matchups are right away is the biggest advantage a quarterback can have. So that takes 50% of any worry or concern you have before the ball is snapped is just by alignment, I know exactly where guys are going to be or what a defense should look like by the way we're aligned. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, we line up in that, and then we motion a guy. Then we shift a guy, and we see other kind of movement. We see one guy talking over there, and you can catch something. That's the perfect idea for a quarterback is to know exactly where to go pre-snap. So then on the ball snap, 50% of your job is already done. Finding the matchup you like. And we just talked about it. You name all these different pieces, and then you say, which one do I like best? Mm -hmm. Which matchup fits what we want to do right here on this particular situation or down the best? Maybe I'm just trying to pick up four or five yards. Maybe I just want to get an easy completion. Or – I got a 6'5 receiver over here, and we just mashed him up, and a linebacker ended up came inside on the slide <laughs> on I love that as a quarterback, yeah, and yeah. I think that's what's going to be fun to watch is the way Arthur gives all the answers to Dez before the ball is even snapped. And then it's like, okay, these guys can go win. I've been, I've seen it, I've done it. And people are worried about, oh, maybe they need more time in a game. These dudes have been doing this for a long time now. These guys know each other. These guys have gone through it. It's a reason why Arthur feels good about not having to play them if they don't play against the Steelers because he's seen it in practice over and over again. So it's going to be fun to see how it evolves, but I think ultimately it comes down to their ability to do what they want when they want. Yeah, and in addition to what Shock's talking about, about pre-snap stuff and helping the quarterback and getting an idea – I've been doing these games a long time. This staff, Arthur Smith in particular, is the best that I've seen of the guys that I – and I'm, we're talking about nine head coaches. We're talking about a lot of coaches here over mm -hmm. the last 20 years. These guys are the best at adjusting in-game or at halftime. We've seen it happen – I saw it happen all last year. They would come out with a plan of attack in the second half that was different than what you saw in the first or a stick to that they found something late in the first half that was working – and so all these shifts that Shock was talking about, motions, personnel changes, 
he's setting stuff up mm -hmm. for later on in the game. He's yeah. setting up what might be, how did they react to this? And they're documenting that stuff upstairs, they're documenting along the sidelines. Okay, when, we've, when you talked about two tight ends, we shift, now we motion one across, now we come back to set. Here comes Scotty Miller across the formation. They're charting all this stuff now as to how they're adjusting. What personnel groups come in when B. John Robinson and Johnu Smith come in? Yep. When Tyler Algier comes in and B. John goes out, and here comes Kyle Pitts and Drake. They're charting all this stuff, and so that just gives you more fuel and more ammunition, right, Shock, to get to a lot of stuff to help your young quarterback but also to keep the defense completely guessing what they're doing. Rack, I love for you to, to speak on this because you have a unique opportunity of being able to call college and pro game. Yeah. And you see the difference between all these different offenses. Some of them are stagnant. Some of them just have better athletes than others. And then, like you mentioned, there's some that they move, they shift, they give the answers early. The way they go about it, I think, is is pretty cool. And I think you, you can speak to it as good as we can about how offenses, offenses can evolve as much as they do in the league, as they do in college, going forward. Well, I mean, you mentioned it. You talk about pre-snap reads and adjustment. I mean, I go back to the throw that Dez had to Drake London, right? I mean, he came out there, and he looked at the defense, and he said, okay, I got man coverage on Drake. Now, basically, all he's doing is he's looking to see what that safety does, mm -hmm. right? And right at the snap, safety, I think, came down. So he his decision was made. I'm going to take my chances with a 6'4", former first-round draft pick, man-to-man -man coverage in the preseason to go up over the top and make a play, right? So sometimes, yes, NFL offenses, as you guys know, there's so much going on. Where's this adjustment? Where's this linebacker at? How does the safety move out? How do they react to the motion coming across? But sometimes – it's real simple. Yeah. I'm looking at one guy. All right. And if this one guy moves this direction, I go here. If he moves that direction, I come over to this side. Right. Sometimes in college, right. Like it's different. It's shotgun snap. We're throwing the ball out to a, a quick screen out here and just, they just make somebody miss because yeah. they're better than the defense. Right. Right? right. right. Doesn't necessarily happen in the NFL. It gets more intricate, but you're right. What I liked is how Desmond Ritter came out and he was on time. He took a shot down the field, but then when he needed to, he used his legs, right? And we know that in the NFL, you want your quarterback to use your legs when they need to, but that's about it, right? Mm -hmm. And he was smart with it. He got out of bounds. He showed that he had the athleticism to pick up a first down, but he's also not trying to go upfield and put his head down and run into somebody with his shoulder, yeah. right? understands what his role is as the leader of this offense is his best asset is being on the field for 17 games every single year. What's so crazy is that particular play in instance, and Arch, you've been out here a number of days at practice. That is a drill they do at the beginning of practice every day. There's dummies on the ground, you're shuffling, you're moving, eyes are still up, and they have to deliver the football. Or they take off and they throw it. These are things that they work on in practice that are situational stuff that you get in the game, and it becomes second nature to them. And I think when you watch that particular play, it brought me back to watching them in practice mm -hmm. do this exact same thing, and then here it is transforming into a ball game. Here it is happening when it really matters. And I just love the fact that they can take what happened in practice and translate it onto a football field in a big-time ball game. And some guys, as we've seen, we play with a bunch of guys – it's easy to do it in practice. Yeah. But you get in a game and you lose your fundamentals or you lose some of the things that make you who you are inside a pocket for a quarterback. But Dez was calm. He didn't panic. His eyes were still downfield. But then he was concise. He made a good decision. It wasn't there. He didn't like it. Take off. Let's go get a first down. Move on to the next play. And that's what I thought was fun to watch. And I thought the Drake London throw in particular, guys, you referenced that. Now, 
it's simple in the fact I've got a single eye safety. He's got no help. It's man coverage on the outside. I'm going to take my shot at a big receiver. That's fine. But there's leverage as you watch the receiver get off the ball. Now for me, does the corner stay on top? Does he stay stacked on top? Now it's a back shoulder throw. If he's even, I've got a 6'5 guy. I'm high pointing him so he can go get it. If he gets on top of the corner, now and I'm taking him down the field with the mm-hmm. throw. And, and, There's and, and, three different kinds of throws you could have made. There. How fast does that happen? Yeah, it's a bang, <laughs> bang deal. Yeah. But you, 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 you keep the safety in the middle field, and then you swivel your head outside. What's leverage? Boom, i got to get it out. got to make that decision. And he made a decision to high point him because of where the corner was. It was a perfect decision. And then it's to execute the throw. i got to put it where only my guy can get it and not overthrow him, take advantage of the opportunity. A lot goes in. Simple decision, maybe. A lot goes into the play. A lot goes into it. The execution is not as simple as what everybody thinks. All right, guys, we've talked a lot about starters. We've talked about preseason. We've talked about starters maybe not playing, maybe trying to get to week one and having all of your studs. So I kind of want to combine these last two points that we have here, Arch, and I want to start with you. The fan that's going to watch the preseason game number three, and they're going to say, all right, what are the most important things that I should be looking for in this game? Because, like you mentioned, rightfully so, may not see a whole lot of starters. But I think what's important is to probably 75% of this roster, how important this game is Mm. to them making this team. What should a fan be looking for? Well, I think all of us probably fall into this category that we played, you know, late in games and and at some point in our career and then late in the preseason at some point in in the – in our careers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I remember being in that last series trying to go down and get a win back, back in the early back in the early days. So, yeah, first of all, everybody's watching these games. There's yeah. 30 there, – you know, be two teams on this field, and there's 30 other teams that are playing somewhere else that are going to get uh, some forms of the tape of all the other games, and they're looking at guys. Okay, so what you want to be is employed in this league. You want to play in this league. So opportunities are on – 30 other teams as well, including the team that's across the ball from you in Pittsburgh. But you want to stay here. So those opportunities, you know this offense, you know this defense, you know the special teams. Now you're going to get those opportunities probably to operate within those maybe more than you would in in most games. So here's your opportunity to show them just that one last data point that you – and how many times do we hear coaches say, you make the decision for me. Yeah. I don't want to make the decision. You make it for me. You're either going to make it for them one way or the other. Either you're yep. going to be here or not be here. And that's the opportunity that's in front of these guys. A lot of pressure, but that's what you – when you play this game, the way we got a chance, we were fortunate to do, is you thrive on that. That's what makes you tick is the competition or the 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 pressure that you're under to comp- perform in those situations. Yeah. That's what I dug, and I know you guys did too. That's what these guys are going to have the opportunity to do. So um, what to look for? Watch the guys on special teams because a lot of times you'll see some of the main guys, maybe not the starters, but some of the main starters on special teams. Rock, you know a ton about that. You want to dial that stuff in. And if you haven't gotten a chance to get a lot of those guys in those situations, you want to have that ready for the the, uh, opening weekend. Starters on offense and defense, maybe not. But look at those defensive backs. Watch the wide receivers. There's some versatility. We talked about this last week. There's versatility on this roster. As you're not sure, is it six receivers? Is it five receivers because two of my backs can play receiver? 
two of my tight ends can play receiver, you know, and so that that that's interesting in trying to compare. Yeah, and the flip side too, the wide receiver is is your fifth or sixth wide receiver is he a four special team guy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like punt, punt, return, kickoff, kickoff, return. Mm-hmm. Guy, yeah. If it's not then that kind of starts to put you in a little sure. bit of a quandary, right? So it's not just as simple as you mentioned, Arch, as, oh, they're going to have six receivers. They're going to yeah. have nine offensive linemen, right? It's There's the swing positions. And, DJ, I'm going to come to you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you into a guy, but you don't have to necessarily talk about him. But, but to your point, Arch, somebody like DeMarco Hellams, right? Mm-hmm. DeMarco Hellams is starting to make it difficult to cut him off of this team right, right. because he's a special teams player that can play all four, and he is showing up week after week on defense. And who knows? The numbers here in Atlanta may not stack up for him. But like you said, he's already put on tape two interceptions on defense. Oh, yeah. It could very well, if he doesn't make this team, somebody else signs him because I watched his Alabama tape. Yeah. We didn't get him after the draft, but we're going to get our chance to get him now. Those are some of the opportunities for those next-level guys. Perfect example of a guy who has seized the opportunity to be a guy that sticks out. A guy that when you turn on the tape, for some reason, man, Philly Chapman's always around oh, he's the ball. Showing up. I mean, this dude's got a two interceptions. He's got I think he's got like 12, 13 tackles in two games. He got three pass breakers. I mean, this guy is around the ball all the time. And oh yeah, he wants to play special teams. Yeah. He did that in college at a major place where obviously we know what Alabama's all about. But this is a guy I heard him when he talked to you, Arch said, Hey, I know if they want me on special teams, if I have to be on special teams, that's where I'm going to go make my money. That's where I'm going to go live. This is where I'm going to go to go help this team. He is a perfect example, I thought, of the last two weeks. Of, yeah, I had a good game the first game, but I didn't live on that. I had to continue to put good things on tape mm-hmm. so that when time comes, oh, well, there's no way this guy cannot be on our team. This guy finds a way to not only be around the ball. And also, Arch, you asked him about just, okay, you had to wait a little minute. You had to wait a little time to get in the ballgame. And that's what a backup guy does. I did it years. You sit there and you wait. Oh, when's my time going to come? And then, but you have to be ready for your time when it's called. Yeah, he didn't play a lot of defense early in the game. But as soon as the second half hit, guess what? He was around the ball. He was yeah. there. He was baiting. He was mentally into the game. So he knew what he needed to do once he got in the game. So Helms is a great example of that kind of guy where you say, my hair is on fire. Yeah. I know exactly what I need to do. And that's what you're going to see in this ball game is a lot of guys having a lot of fight, a lot of grit, playing with a lot of intensity because they know ultimately this could be the last time you put on an NFL uniform. Mm-hmm. This could be the last time you get opportunity to show these other teams because guess what? Not only are the Falcons, you know, have to get rid of, you know, 30, 30 guys, there's 31 other teams doing the exact same thing. So that pool is like an ocean now. <laughs> these teams can just pick where you want. And a guy like Helms will show up on tape and say, guess what? I outshine this guy. This guy, I know exactly what I was about in this ballgame, and I stick out. And that's what matters the most. So I will challenge you, the viewers, to say if you're going to the game this weekend or if you're going to watch the game on television or if you're going to listen to the game on radio, listen to the guys' names that are constantly being called. Listen to who they are signaling out as far as having a great game. And then you decide, are those one of the guys that's going to make the roster? 
Are they going to be part of that 53-man roster? Because remember, even though you may not make the 53-man roster, there's a practice squad. And even on the practice squad, you're still a play or a week away no from being on the active roster and playing and contributing for this team once we get to the regular season. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the Falcons Audible presented by AT&T. Thanks so much for joining us here. And however you get your podcast, continue to like, subscribe, review, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, AtlantaFalcons.com. Or if you have another place that you get them, congratulations, because I don't even know where that is. Still get it. <laughs> Go get it. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, everybody, and enjoy the game against Pittsburgh. Take care.